1: Happy Veterans Day. To all those who serve or have served in the services, the armed forces of the United States of America, we give you our deepest appreciation. Thank you for what you have done for our nation, and we hope that you have a wonderful Veterans Day. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. In this Marriage Helper Live program, we have announced in advance that we'll give you three ways to end an affair. So if you are in an affair, if you are actually at the current time in an affair, or if you know somebody who is, maybe these will be a value to you. I'm going to give them very briefly, but these are extremely important. And if you are in an affair and deeply emotionally connected to the other person, these three things still work if you do them. You might be thinking, I'm not sure want out of the affair. Well, we refer you to other resources we have, and we'll talk about those later if you're trying to make that decision. But if you're ready to end the affair, here's the first thing you do. You make an irrevocable decision. What I mean by that is you say to yourself, I am definitely going to end this. You can't be thinking, I'm going to try to end this, but if I don't feel right about it, I'll come back to it. Or I'm going to try to end this and save my marriage, if indeed you're married. And if that doesn't work out, then I'm going to come back to this. Because if you do it that way, in the back of your mind, there's always that escape clause. Like, yeah, I've kind of made a decision, but not necessarily so. Are you saying if I'm making a revocable decision that I still may not at some point change my mind? People sometimes do change their mind, but you can't start the decision that way. Like I'm going to have a way out of this if I decide to change my mind. If you're going to end it, tell yourself this is it. It's the final decision. This is all I'm going to do. I'm going to end the affair. Now, the second thing is if you do that, then you have to stop all contact with the other person, which means you can't email, you can't text, you can't call, you can't do anything. And if the other person, the one that you're having the affair with tries to contact you, you cannot answer that call. You cannot respond to that text. You cannot respond to that email. You say, why? Because it's unfair. If the other person wants to be with you, if he or she has developed this strong emotional connection to you, and you respond to their text, emails, or calls, then you're actually giving that person the false hope. Because you see, you're then actually extenuating their pain. I mean, they want to be with you. You understand that. You have wanted to be with them. But now, for whatever reason, you've made the decision, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Do not torture the other person by continuing to have contact with them, which gives them some kind of hope that you're going to change your mind and come back. If you genuinely care about them, don't do that. It's not fair to them. And it's certainly not fair to you. Because if you've made that irrevocable decision, yes, I know you may vacillate later, but if you've made that irrevocable decision, then any contact you have with this person, any contact is going to potentially recreate that desire to go back and be with her or be with him. Because you see, making that decision to end it does not necessarily end the emotion. And those emotions can be quite strong. And sometimes you'll cycle back through those and you'll find yourself on some days, some evenings, whenever you're going to be thinking, oh, I wish I could just talk to him or talk to her for a minute. I really miss him or her. Can I possibly make it without him or her? And if you make contact and you start this thing all over again, as a matter of fact, some of you who are watching this have been through that experience. And you know that what I'm describing is very, very true. It's not the right way to do it. It extenuates your pain. It extenuates the pain of the person you've been involved with. And if either of you are married to somebody else, it extends their pain as well. And that's just not the right thing to do. So you can't have any contact with the other person, no matter what. Even if you hear they got sick, you can't call and check on them. If you hear they've been in an automobile accident, you cannot call and check on them. I know it sounds harsh, but trust me. We've been in this business for a long time. We have worked with thousands upon thousands of marriages, and this is the way to do it. Even if it sounds harsh, even if it sounds mean, it's not mean. It's actually the kindest thing you can do. And the third thing is don't try to check on the other person in some other fashion. Don't be talking to his or her friends trying to find out, well, how is she doing? Is she dating somebody else? Is he he dating somebody else? Are these kind of things happening? That's just going to make you more miserable. And so do not try to keep up with them through reading their social media, through talking to their friends, through contacting people that you think might have some information about them. And and even if you're not asking directly, you're hinting around enough or at least leading directions of conversations in such a way that you think you're going to wind up getting information about them. It's not a good thing to do. It's going to hurt you longer. And can again, potentially open the door. And if they discover that you've been trying to find out information about them, it's just like you're talking to them on the phone. Well, maybe not just like, but similar to you're talking to them on the phone, it's going to recreate hope and they're going to try to open the door to come back. And so if you're going to end an affair, remember those three things. Do you understand? Irrevocable decision. Now, I know you may vacillate later, but don't you dare think you're going to be vacillating. It's I'm making this decision, this decision once and for all. Number two, no contact with that person. None anymore, ever. And number three, not trying to check on him or her either. Understand? Don't do that. If you can do these three things, you can end this affair. You can, and you can get past it and move on with your life and do the best thing for everybody that's involved. Now, we're going to get to our questions here, but Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, is with us. And Kimberly, we have some other things to mention very quickly before we go into the questions today, right?
2: We do, absolutely. So everyone who listens to our live show, our YouTube videos, whatever else might be, we want to hear from you. We are always wanting to make sure what we do is reaching you, and we want to continue to make what we offer the absolute best that it can be. So we have created a survey that I would personally love for you to take. Please, please take it because I want to hear from you. I'm going to go through and read every single one of these. And so we're going to put the link to that in the comments. If you're listening to this later, then you'll have to find this on YouTube or Facebook and find what that link is. It's a it's a long link. But we have made a link that you can go take and we want to hear your feedback about our live show. If you watch our YouTube videos, that as well, our articles, different things like that. So please go and take this, and we're going to use the information that you submit to continue to make our live show even better. So, again, that link, you will be able to find it in the comments on YouTube and on Facebook. Go and take that survey because we want to hear from all of you. And I really thank you and appreciate it in advance for you taking the time to do that.
1: Okay. And... Uh, if you can't find it, you can always contact us by going to our website, contacting us through that, or calling our toll free number and I say, see. Hey, I'm looking for this link. I can't find it. And are we going to offer any reward if people do this?
2: <sighs> Why do you have to say
1: <laughs> Because I, I think, it, is there going to be a place in the survey where people. There's can... nowhere
2: right now for people to put their email address on I the survey. Right. So we have no way to know who is taking it or who is so not. So there's
1: taking no way it. to give them a reward.
2: The just... reward is that we will continue to create amazing content (laughs) for you. That is the reward. Okay. I
1: apologize for leading us astray. Right. right I apologize for that wholeheartedly. I
2: tried to communicate with my eyes to you.
1: Yeah. But you're not a girl,
2: so that didn't work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It never had that. Okay. Our telephone number, if you'd like to talk to us live on the program, is 657 383 That's 657 If you want to talk to us and you call that number and you hear the answer, then press the number 1. And that puts you in the queue so you can talk to a call screener. And then we can possibly talk to you here live as we go through the program. We'd love to. Now, Kimberly, just before we take this first call, there's one other thing I need to mention in those three things I gave at the outset. I said no more contact with the person, mm-hmm. but we know that sometimes people feel like that they can't help having contact with the other person because they work together mm-hmm. or go to the same church together mm-hmm. or hang right. out in the same social groups. Right. And so what do we tell people when they think, well, we're going to have contact because there's no way around it?
2: Well, the first thing that we need to tell people is we really push back on, on that I can't I still work with them. I still go to church with them, whatever. The pushback is, well, can you switch churches? Can you move jobs? I mean, that's the first question that we ask people. And typically they find a way to, I mean, if you really start looking at it and if it's something that you want to protect your marriage from strongly enough, you typically can figure out a way to remove yourself from that situation so that the temptation and all of those things leave. Now, if that is not possible for whatever reason, and both spouses are on board with this, I mean, this takes a, a lot of communication between if the two If each other of you. are married. Mm-hmm. Do what? When
1: you say both spouses, if each person in the affair is married. N- well. When you okay. said both spouses.
2: No, I'm talking about the married couple.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. So
2: if the, you know, we've had people who we have worked with where. Um, The husband had an affair, he ended it, but he still did continue to work at the same job. Now, this job had thousands of employees, so it made it a little bit different. But in that sense, he, for several years after the affair ended, he stayed working in the same job in the same city at the same location as that person. But the wife, because the husband had the affair, the wife knew this was happening supported it because they both said, this is what's best for our family right now. And here's what we're going to do to set up the boundaries so that he won't get back close to that person in that relationship, all of those kinds of things. That would be the the not as good solution, but it could be the part B or solution B if that were
1: the situation. So he stayed in the same company, but you said mm-hmm. they did set up some barriers. So he they made it where that he would not be around the other person, or at least as little as, as much
2: possible. As he, right, as much as he could control that he would not be around that person, but also the fact that his wife knew – you know, he was still there, this was happening, and he was willing to be accountable. He was willing to have all of that openness with his phone, and she could come visit him anytime at work, and he wasn't defensive about that. I mean, that plays a huge part right. in it, for but, sure.
1: But it's not the method we recommend. No. We, uh, it's, it's, sometimes it has to happen, but mm-hmm. we recommend that, if at all possible, you make it where that you're not going to have exposure to the other person. Right. And as much, for example, if you love your church, and that's where the other person is, you really need to go to a different church Mm -hmm. as much as you might like your social group. If he or she's going to be involved in that. And here's the reason for that, including the work, even if you're saying I've made that decision, we're going to do this, your spouse and and this woman, you just were talking about She's a, pretty rare mm-hmm. because most spouses are going to be saying, I just can't have any peace as right. long as you're having contact with each other. And that guy actually said to me one time, so it's either my, my wife is going to be miserable or I'm going to give up this mm-hmm. if I leave this job. And I said, well, which is more important to you? Right. What you get at the job or what you get from your marriage.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
1: made the decision. I, I need my marriage to be better. I will. And, and here's what he said. There are consequences to every action.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And it takes a mature person to understand that Mm -hmm. there are consequences. Okay. We're going to start going to our calls now, and we're going to go to the first call from Illinois, and we're going to go to Wendy. Hi, Wendy. How are you today?
4: Fine, thanks. How are you?
1: Fine, thank you. How may we help you?
4: Um, I recently discovered that my husband's been having a 10-year affair, and Mm -hmm. he... I confronted him with it and he admitted to it. Um, Mm -hmm. My, Well, I'll say my questions first, I guess. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, how much more difficult that makes everything and will I ever really be able to trust him? Um, Because he... So currently he says that he would... He loves me. He Mm -hmm. never wanted to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, He loves her. She's his best friend. Um, He doesn't want to hurt her. He can't imagine giving either of us up. He Mm -hmm. actually did ask me if I would consider staying married and him continuing to have the affair, and he'd be the best husband I could imagine.
1: <laughs> and how did you reply um, to that?
4: I said I I wouldn't be able to do that. And, Good. Good for you. Um, I said at one point though it was after something I read or heard online <laughs> from you, because um, I at one point I've just I've known for about five weeks now, and within the first couple weeks I was telling asking him telling him, can you at least give her up while we work on our marriage like can like how can we work on our marriage if she's still in the picture and that wasn't really going anywhere, and then something you said was like you can't that's kind of a demand like they have to make the decision so i i had i mean that's in a nutshell i you know what you said. Mm-hmm. And I, no,
1: I'm not sure what you heard that I said, but you certainly have a right to make a demand. If you're in a situation where he's involved with another woman, you have the right to say we're not going to continue if you don't stop that. And that's not an that's not an unre- irresponsible, nor is it ultimately selfish. And, and sometimes you do those things. You make a decision like that. So if I said something that made it sound like that you couldn't or shouldn't make such a demand as that, then I did not communicate well.
4: Well, I didn't get the feeling that you meant that ever, just maybe in the beginning. Um, So anyway, I took a step back from that because I could see uh, um, that it's very emotional for him. Um, So I said at one point um, that I would that I couldn't, I couldn't make him give up his best friend. He was going to have to decide to do that. I can't, you know, uh, he's got to make that choice. And because I was also wrestling with the fact that if I make that demand and he does it, is he going to resent me the rest of his life? Um, And I don't want to live like that either. So Mm -hmm. I said, I, I don't know how long I can continue like Mm -hmm. this, in this limbo, but I, you know, uh, for now, I, it's, so anyway, he, he inadvertently thought that I meant that he could have her forever, and when I cleared that up, he was an emotional wreck, basically, Mm
3: -hmm. and has said,
4: and said that he would rather die than have to, I mean, he's not suicidal, but...
1: Mhm. understand this. The thing you have going on here, first of all, is it's pretty rare. A 10-year-long affair is exceptional. Uh, if you look at all the okay. research out there, it's extremely rare. I mean, exceptionally rare for one to go past 48 months. And so when you go 10 years, it's pretty remarkable in and of itself. And basically what's mm-hmm. been happening is your husband's been living in a type of valley where you're on one side and she's on the other side. And because you didn't even know about her, apparently he's been very good at covering his tracks. The fact that you didn't even know mm-hmm. about her meant that he didn't have to make a decision at all. He could do what he wanted when it came to the marriage, do what he wanted when it came to her, and, and actually was living a dual life. And we that's a kind Mm -hmm. of valley, if you will. But once you discover Mm -hmm. the person's living in the valley, once you discover, wait a minute, there's somebody else out there besides me, then you do have a right to make a demand for a decision. We have on occasion, said the people, well, if you want to let them live in the valley for a while, and and I don't have time to go into all the explanations of that right now, sometimes there is great Mm -hmm. value in doing that if, if, and here's the big if, now, Wendy, if you're making progress toward putting things back together with you, Then sometimes Mm -hmm. tolerating the valley for a little while can be a value. But I'm hearing pretty clearly from you that you're not going to be able to tolerate very long him being in this valley. I mean, first of all, if you've only known for five weeks, it's almost like you're still in shock. And and he Mm -hmm. is not being really reasonable when, when he says, oh, wait a minute, why can't you just be happy with this and I'll just have two? Basically, what he's saying is I'll have two wives. I have a harem. Here's you mm-hmm. and here's she. And, and you should mm-hmm. be happy with that. And if you are. That in our culture, our time. I mean, if you were living back way over in Old Testament times, like in the Bible, mm-hmm. maybe. But not now. Not now. That's not the way mm-hmm. it's going to work. And you have every right in the world to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, when you say, I'm not going to make him make the decision because I want him to resent. That. I don't want him to resent me. I understand that. And there's great value in that. But at some point, he's going to have to. And and if he's saying, I don't want anybody to be hurt, that's an impossibility.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
1: now that you know somebody's gonna get hurt. It's either gonna be her uh-huh. or you or both of you, and definitely he's gonna be hurt no matter what happens here. And so in this situation, it's an impossibility to say, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I can understand him wanting it to be that way, but that is not reality. That is la la land. And what he has to decide yeah.
5: is
1: who's gonna be hurt. Is it going to be you or is it going to be her? And that's the decision he has to make. Mm -hmm. And and it's okay for you to make clear. Okay. you only have so long before you're going to make this decision. When you're ready to make that decision on your own part, it's only this long before you make that decision. And if not, then I'll make the decision for you because I am not going to live like that. I'm not going to be one of the two women in your life. So is he emotional about it? Sure he is, because he's gotten away with it for 10 years. He's been in a Mm 10-year situation where he's been able to do both. And and now that he's confronted with it and has to make a decision, Mm -hmm. sure, that's painful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in that process, my friend, you've got to also think about your own welfare. You know, how you can live with peace in your heart, where you can have a life that's fulfilling. And, and I get the very strong impression, Kimberly, to you as well, I get the very strong impression that Wendy's not going to be having that kind of peace as long as this All thing right. continues.
2: No, it would be nearly impossible for that to happen. And, you know, she said that she just found out about it recently. I'm sure her world is being oh, rocked. Yeah, It has to be. Absolutely. But, Wendy, our hearts are with you. Our prayers are with you. And we're with you.
1: Mm-hmm. We are. And if you want, you can, and I'm not trying to make a commercial here, Wendy, but you might want to call and talk to one of our coaches. Um, uh, you mm-hmm. can set up appointment. there. There's a fee for it, of course. But if you want to call and set up uh, one of our coaches who can listen to you carefully and help you think this through. Mm-hmm. And some of our coaches are people who've been through similar situations with yours. Mm-hmm. Now yours is so rare. We're not going to have any coach that where it's been 10 years before the other person got caught or even 10 years that the affair took place. But some of our coaches, we have both males and females and some of our female coaches have been through a situation where they discovered their husband was having an affair. And you might want to call and ask if you can call, coach with one of them because they can take a lot of time. We don't have here that can help you think these things through and make your decisions. And so now we're moving over to Texas and we're going to talk to Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Are you there?
6: Hi, hi, doctor. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How may we help you today?
6: So I was, I was saying that I wasn't sure exactly how to ask this question. Um, I know okay. we talked a few times, <clears throat> one of the fears that I had were about my daughter's 12 and 25 finding out about the affair, um, in which my 12 year old did at the beginning of August. She mm-hmm. found screenshots that I had of their conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until the beginning of October that we learned that she saw them, uh, through mm-hmm. her therapist went into a depression. Didn't want to talk mm-hmm. to me, dad. Um, did self-harm, told a friend that she just didn't want to live anymore. Uh, so we've been doing lots of counseling. Um, and finally last week, uh, he was able to sit her down and finally apologize to her Mm -hmm. and take Mm -hmm. accountability for his actions and that we are working on our marriage together because we care about each other and love each other.
7: Mm -hmm.
6: Um, But he's having a very difficult time understanding their anger at him Hmm. and why they don't want to talk to him. Um, And, of course, the 25-year-old is 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 getting
3: married.
1: Okay, so it's the 25-year-old and the 12-year-old. Neither one of them want to talk to him.
3: Yeah. Is that right? uh, And and, uh,
1: is the affair over?
6: According to him... It Mm -hmm. is.
1: Do you believe that? um,
6: I'm like 80% that I believe it. He's been more attentive. We have more intimate conversations, um, trying to work on our symptoms. But he still doesn't want to do anything, counseling, reading books, uh, going Mm -hmm. through any workshops. It's more he's trying to process everything on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so How he, old the is he? Him, he's going to be 46 this week.
1: Okay. You say he doesn't understand why they're angry. Is it that he doesn't understand or that he's not willing to accept the fact that they're anger? Which one do you think it is?
6: He really just doesn't understand. I think he's he's accepted that they're upset at his actions, but mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why they've taken it so personal. Um, okay.
1: And in the conversations that mm-hmm. he's had with them, have they tried to explain to him why?
6: No. Uh, my 25-year-old, uh, she's getting married in, in July, and right now she's daddy's girl. Both of them are daddy's girls. So they had him on this pedestal as being perfect because he, mm-hmm. he is – other than this, he has been the most amazing husband and father anybody could ever ask mm-hmm. for, which is one of the reasons why i has been mm-hmm. working so hard.
1: Do you know why the girls uh, have not told him why they're so angry with him?
6: Um, the 25-year-old um, is just extremely disappointed in his actions and mm-hmm. that he didn't take our youngest into consideration that he's teaching at the same school that she goes to and that our youngest has to walk the halls with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh that she didn't take into account me and our family and our lives and what the mm-hmm. impact would but have on But she's told you that, them. but
1: she hasn't told him that. Is that what I'm hearing?
6: She Yes,
1: yes. Okay. Why won't she tell him that?
6: She's extremely angry. I understand she's angry.
1: But why won't she tell him why she's angry?
6: I think she is scared to... Um, actually look at him and and say what she wants to say.
1: What's she afraid of?
6: That she'll break down and be emotional. And she wants to be angry at him right now.
1: Oh, so what I'm hearing you say is she's afraid that if she does, that somehow he will make it better and she won't have a reason to be angry anymore. That's what I just heard you say. Is that what you meant?
6: That's what I think. But she won't. She just keeps telling me that she's not ready.
1: Mm-hmm. and what do you say when she says that
6: when I tell her that she has every right to feel what she feels but mm-hmm. that he is still her father mm-hmm. and he's my husband and mm-hmm. he loves her and um, I love him
1: I, I understand that so are you afraid that, that, that if they confront their father with what they feel that somehow it's going to mess up your marriage is that what you're afraid of
6: um There is a part of me that things would go back to normal where they become um, a priority and not necessarily us. But at the same time, it's making it that much more challenging um, for us because we can't sit down as a family. We can't do things as a family. And I can see that he's hurting and I don't know how to help him. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to throw anything in his face. Um, So I've Mm -hmm. been trying to be very patient and calm and just, understanding that he's going to have to work through his own
1: stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me if I'm hearing Um, this correctly. Tell me if I'm hearing correctly. What I'm hearing you say is that you have some fear that if the girls do confront him, it's going to mess things up a little bit for you. And and the reconciliation process you're going through.
6: There, there is a little bit of fear, but that's I'm still wanting my girls to talk to him and work things out. Now he's talked to the 12 year old into mm-hmm. accountability and responsibility and apologize, she still mm-hmm. won't talk to him. She's now finally getting in the car as long as I'm there or for a quick ride somewhere, but she mm-hmm. won't interact and she won't tell him how she feels about anything.
1: Okay. Now,
3: Kimberly, I, I still the, want, I, them, I, to mm-hmm. you want them to forgive. And that's where
6: I've want
1: been coming from.
0: Forgive. She wants them to forgive.
1: You want them to forgive. Okay. If yeah. there's going to be forgiveness and Kimberly's a psychologist here. So when we're going to bring her in, my PhD is not in psychology. Kimberly's master's degree is Kimberly, you're also a daughter. And mm-hmm. so that gives you some comprehension of the things here. Then if, if, uh, if she's wanting, if Lynn here wants to help the husband and the daughters, wouldn't it make sense to encourage the girls? Look, if we're going to get past this, if there's going to be some growth, We're going to need to have a conversation where you do tell dad what you feel Mm -hmm. and also be having a conversation with him saying, I realize that this is going to be uncomfortable for you. But if you really want to uh, bring things back together with the daughters, which and I can understand some of her fear is, well, if that blows up, then maybe things blow up with the marriage. I get that. But if you're really going to reconcile with the daughters, then you need to be sitting down with them, sitting down with them one at a time or together, whichever is the wisest in that situation and, and ask them what is it that you feel I, I know it's probably going to hurt me to hear it, but I need to hear what you really feel and I'm ready to do that. Am I off track to think that I'll let you the psychologist speak to that. Please.
2: No, you're not off track. The issue is that it's the wife asking us this, not the husband, right? So how does she communicate? what her daughters need to him without him getting defensive or angry or even just believing that she's right at the, I mean, that's one part of this. Mm -hmm. The second part is, you know, she mentioned that one of the daughters at least has hesitation about even confronting him to begin with, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure the counselor, I don't know this, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I would hope that the counselor is pushing through that in the individual counseling sessions of what was the relationship like before the affair even happened, because there's some reason the daughter has a block there where she doesn't want to be open with her dad about that. And it could just be that, you know, she doesn't want him to get mad. She doesn't want him to leave again. She doesn't want to feel like it's her fault. It could simply be that. There's a ton of things that are just going Mm -hmm. on in it, but the bottom line is, yes, that relationship, the father, ideally, since he's the more mature, he's the father, should be the one to pursue it if the daughters aren't. Mm -hmm. But how do you get that to happen when he's not asking that?
1: Well, that's what I'm thinking is, hey, I agree that that hearing it from the wife can be where, okay, maybe you're not Mm -hmm. seeing this right. Why should I believe you? But because of the fact that she is being talked to about the daughters and he's not in mm. and on. And I get it. She said, I don't want to throw it in his face. I don't want you to throw it in his face either. I right. don't see any value of that. But when you're having a conversation that's open and honest to say, mm-hmm. your girls are hurting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know what that noise was. I just heard. Was that my watch? <laughs> Apparently it's time for me to get up. My <laughs> watch is telling me it's time to get up. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's to say to him, your girls are hurting, mm-hmm. and I know you're not going to like this conversation, but mm-hmm. the way to help them get past the hurt is to start a conversation where you can encourage them to be open and honest with you. And it's going to be painful for everybody, yeah. but it's the path to healing.
2: Yes, it's just it's just that. Typically, when a husband is going to his wife or a wife is going to her husband to talk about things like this, it is done typically in the worst ways possible, right? (laughs) So, and that's one of the things where a lot of the principles we teach at Marriage Helper about how to approach your spouse about this, that, or the other, the smart contact principles we talk about. A lot of times people just view that in terms of being separated, but the principles that we teach are principles that should go into all of the areas of how you communicate with your spouse. You want to make sure that it's the right timing, that you didn't just have a fight. You want to watch your tone of voice. I mean, there's just so many parts of it to just, smart guides to communication with your spouse on anything that's touchy, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know, that you can implement here to make sure you do the best that you can to make sure that the conversation goes as well as it can go. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. And then we're going to go over to Texas again, but this time we're going to go to Leslie. Hi, Leslie. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you.
1: How are you? I'm doing well. How may we help you today?
0: Well, I, um, I facilitate a um, Bible study at church and I have a lady that's um, 39 and Mm -hmm. is not married and has been having an affair. Um, And I'm just, um, we spoke about this in her testimony over the the last couple of weeks, Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering about accountability. What are tools to give someone for accountability uh, when they, when you were talking about, um, you know, not to, uh, after you decide um, to make the decision to break it off and not to make that contact to give the other person false hope but or yourself mm-hmm. false hope. And I'm mm-hmm. just wondering, she, uh, um, what tools uh, could I help her mm-hmm. with?
1: Has this she asked for long, accountability? Uh, yes,
0: yeah, she has. Yes, yeah,
1: she Good. has. And help and the
0: other me. women and I, yeah, she mm-hmm. she's desperate for some help. Um, okay. And and this was a long term affair. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and uh, she's, uh, she's single. Has she ever been married?
0: Years. She was married, um, and she had the affair while she was married, and then the the affair continued after she was divorced.
1: Okay. And so basically, as a single woman, and if I'm hearing you correctly, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm taking a guess here, she's kind of had a surrogate husband in a way with this guy. He's been like the man in her life. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Which makes it even more difficult because it's like I have at least, even if I'm not married, at least I have some man I can count on, some man I can feel like cares about, me, those kinds of things. That's very powerful. It doesn't make an affair right. That's exactly what she
0: says. (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay. And accountability accountability can be done with a group, but I tend to lean toward the Alcoholics Anonymous model where that accountability does exist within the group in a sense, but it also has this one person that, that you really tied to an AA that would be called a sponsor who helps you work through the 12 step program. But in a sense like this, okay, let's make a deal. And the deal is anytime that you think that you want to contact him, you call me first and we'll go over to IHOP, Waffle House, whatever, whatever you do that's open all the time. And we'll sit there and have coffee and talk mm-hmm. about it. and, And anytime he contacts you before you contact him back, you call me. Now, this takes a lot of commitment on the part of the accountability partner, because it means I'm going to wind up being available 24 seven. And if if you, for example, don't have that ability, and one of the ladies in your group doesn't have that availability, then it must become a group thing. But it's the kind of thing where you can't grope around because if she calls and says, boy, can you meet me now? And you say, no, let me see. I'll call Sally. Well, well, Sally's busy. Let me call Ethel. Ethel's busy. And the next thing you know, it's mm-hmm. been 30 minutes. Then she's probably going to have contacted him. So it means that yeah. if you're going to have that kind of accountability partnership, there's going to be after some kind of system that you set up where it's not taking forever that somebody can go be with her to talk her down, if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it possible to build that kind of accountability?
0: I think so. I'm I'm a single woman, um, and mm-hmm. and I can I have the availability to um, be able to do that for her. Um, we started with um, blocking his number, and mm-hmm. um, I mean I know these things are all fixable but uh, Mm -hmm. taking his email out of her phone. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, but I I think between myself and another lady in the group that we could um, offer her that and be there for her. I know I can't speak mm -hmm. for the other lady. I
1: understand. But the thing to do then is to get her commitment to that. Because if you make those mechanical Mm -hmm. things happen, which are good, like blocking the numbers, as you said, there's always a way to get around that. And so what you ask for, you look her right in the eye and you say, look, I I know that you want to do this. I also know the temptation sometimes is going to be very great. Therefore, I want your word that you will always call me first and that we'll go talk. And if you go talk to her, understand that you don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes it's just a matter of Leslie, of just sitting there and listening for a while. You don't have to preach to her. Mm-hmm. You don't have to teach to her. Sometimes you will. Sometimes it'll be that. And sometimes it's going to just be feeding back to her what she just said. Okay, I hear that you're very lonely. And I hear that you feel that he'll be the fulfillment of that loneliness. Let's think about some of the things we can do. But it doesn't always have to be that. Sometimes it can just be sitting there over coffee, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever. And, and just being there until she calms down. and And then it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. You promised me you will call me again. So it doesn't have to be this dramatic event every time, but it does mean that somebody has to be there every time. Now, if she will commit to that, if she will commit to that, and then she does it, always reward it. I mean, when she does it, tell her, that's very good. Thank you. We're mm-hmm. here. So it's, it's really not that difficult, except that it calls for a lot of commitment. And if you and, mm-hmm. and somebody else could do that for her, That is no particular magic tool here other than availability and that she really will call you. Now, the other part of that is Mm -hmm. if you find out she did it and she didn't call you, then the accountability comes not, not attacking, but the accountability comes from, Hey, you you gave your word. You didn't live up to your word. Now, are you going to do that or not? Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to play a game with us, we can't help. And sometimes it's going to be that kind of accountability as well. So, Thank you for caring about her. Mm-hmm. Can you do what we're okay. talking about?
0: Well, yeah. You know,
1: okay.
0: I appreciate your help, and, and um, we will talk to her about that, and I'm sure it will help her.
1: Excellent. I'm, I'm so happy. Mm. Thank you, Leslie, for caring. We really like it when people care. Uh, Carry? I meant care.
2: carry each other's burdens because because they care (laughs) care. (laughs)
1: okay let's move to Canada now Kimberly we'll talk to Monica up there hi Monica
5: hey how are you
1: we're doing well how are you can you hear us
5: yes yes I can
1: okay good how may we help you Monica
5: um it's really complicated um me and my husband married for 14 years so far, and um, the last of three years, we we'll have many, many arguments and conflict. And at the end of 2017, we have a really big fight and um, we've been separate. Um, so um, I thought we were working on each other. I mean, these just give, keep us each other peaceful for each other and uh, try to work on our relationship. So he went away um, from where we uh, live. He went to East East Coast in um, Canada, um, on the west West side of Canada. But we have a FaceTime, text message, and phone call with me and the kids last year, almost all year. Um, At the beginning of this year, 2019 at the beginning, I saw he's willing to come home and – we will try to work on or something. He will get a job, everything, try to get in, go back on the track. And he told me he finds someone else. Um, I was shocked, I really, really shocked. I didn't think he will find someone else and left me and kids over here, even we we're separate. So I begged him, he came back in March. After three months, he told me he can live with me. But since he came back, he didn't do well either. He almost drinking every night. And the end, he told me that I made him life miserable. And he didn't love me since a decade ago. Uh, just be honest, I am immigrant to Canada. It's because mm-hmm. of him. I left my own country. I love mm-hmm. him. And I love my family. And four years ago, he lost his job. And I tried to work for two jobs, tried to keep everything, keep the food and keep the house. And in these four years, he didn't. I can see he's struggling. He doesn't do the work he, like he has an education for. And um, I know he's not that really happy. And I feel pressure on me, like a financial and also the home mm-hmm. and the kids. And mm-hmm. so I so here, here I, I have a question now, or two
1: for you Monica. Let me yes. interrupt for a minute. Are you still supporting yes. him? Okay, why?
5: No. Oh, I'm
1: not supporting
5: him even a little bit, even last year, like even he came back. Um I use all what I have tried to pay his credit card. And mm-hmm. then he left August and he told okay. me
1: And so is he, he supporting left himself? Me because now? I wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now? I
5: think no. But you're no longer supporting
1: him. Is that correct?
5: No. No longer okay. supporting him. And uh, he's okay, living with go. his girlfriend now.
3: And okay, I so just she... don't know.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, first of all, I'm so very sorry for your pain. I really am. Mm-hmm. I hear the pain and it just breaks my heart. Do you think he's probably being supported by the girlfriend? Do you think that's what's happening now?
5: I think yeah, because he's moving in with her. And okay. he's living with her and her kids.
3: Okay. And
5: now I understand. I'm here.
1: And so, okay. mm-hmm. You're by yourself. And you're alone. I just don't like know.
5: Yeah. Okay.
1: So what is the specific question that you're asking, Monica?
5: Like this kind of situation. I know English not my first language. And that's why mm-hmm. he said always have a, a misunderstanding and confusion. He said he didn't understand me. Mm. I want to win him back. Like right now. <laughs> we have a long distance. And also he's barely talked to me. I mean, except the kids, Mm -hmm. everything I said about what's happened to pass. Like we, Mm -hmm. we did have good memory. And so the question, how do you get him back? Is that what
1: you're asking, Monica? You're asking how to get him back. Is that the question? Okay, um, you I do, just don't know you do me, realize, I can't. and, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean to sound harsh, I really don't. But you do realize the situation you're describing does make it difficult. He's living on the other side of the country. He is living with a woman right. who is apparently supporting him. And this makes a very, very difficult scenario, very difficult situation. First of all, if I were you, Monica, I would not believe that it's about whether or not English is your first or second language.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Because that sounds to me like a whole lot more of an excuse. Mm
3: -hmm. It
1: sounds as if this is a man who does not accept responsibility. You had to take two jobs. You had to support everybody. And and you supported him up until when finally you just had to make a decision not to do that. I'm I'm not trying to put him down. I know that you love him. I do understand that and that you hurt and that you want him to come back. I get that. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible. These kinds of things sometimes do work out. But I would not be honest with you if I told you that this was going to be easy. You know it's not. And the situation you describe does become a more difficult situation. Now, the thing that you do, Monica, is that you work on you. You become the best that you possibly can. Are you familiar with our online course by any chance?
5: Um, Actually, I was looking at it, but unfortunately, I can't afford a full amount. I just think if you guys have like a payment schedule or something, that will be better for me.
1: Monica, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. I'm going to give you that course so that you can have it. It's going to be my gift to you. After the program, you need to call back. Do you have anybody here you're talking to? Any kind of a client representative here?
5: Yeah, um, Aaron is it called?
1: Okay. You call or Aaron Bag, You call Aaron today, and when you call Aaron, you say, "Dr. Beam said I can have that online course, and she will get that for you." Since it's, because mm-hmm. of the fact you've been supporting this man, money's tight for you. You've got the kids. I understand that. So let me give you this gift. And when you get this gift <laughs> from Aaron, here's what I want you to do, my friend. I want you to really go, go through it mm-hmm. and pay a close attention to it. And it's going to tell you the things that you do that, if anything works, this will work. You understand? Mm-hmm. If anything works, this will work. I'm not guaranteeing that it's going to, but I'm telling you that it's the best option that we have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kimberly are we're about to open that course back up again.
2: We are about to open it up for the end of the year. So it'll be opening soon tomorrow.
3: <laughs>
2: you can find it on our website, but if you're on our email list, then you'll get an email this throughout the week encouraging you to join it with the link to be able to purchase it. And so for the rest of this year, it's the holiday season, right? We, Halloween's behind us. The candy weight gain is in our stomachs, but we have from now until the end of the year, very stressful on marriages. I mean, if, if your marriage wasn't already in stress, then add on the pressure of the holidays with the get-togethers, family stress, financial stress, feeling, worrying that you're going to be alone. I mean, so much during this time just adds and adds and adds all of these layers, and so this, in my opinion, is the best time to really dive in deep to the Save My Marriage course because you need this extra support during these next six to seven weeks as we're finishing out this year during the holiday season. And so we have set this up and this time we're doing it a little bit different in the sense that we are doing a kind of a sprint (laughs) And, and so to say. Typically, there are 10 calls that once the Save My Marriage course launches for that season, there's 10 calls that guide you through the week. Well, this time we're doing it in six or in five calls. So, we're making it half the time. Um, Our team will spend Tuesday nights with you going and answering your questions about the weeks that you're going through, and this time it's just going to be more concentrated, because we want you to go through the course during this time, through the end of the year. And then, of course, you'll continue to have access to it, but the the course calls that go with it this time are for five weeks, which we just really want you to focus on going through it. That opens tomorrow. It officially opens tonight, but it's going to open to the public tomorrow, and we would love to have you a part of that course, because amazing Things happen. I would not sit here and put my name behind this course or or recommend it to you if I did not know, know the thousands of people who have gone through it, so many of which have contacted us, posted in the group as they're going through it, saying this course saved them. It changed the way that they interacted with their spouse, with their kids. It changed the way they felt about that, their situation. It gave them the hope and the direction that they needed, and it made major changes in their lives. I love it. I love when that happens.
1: Okay. So how can people find out about this course again?
2: So you can go to marriagehelper.com and you can find it on our website there. But you've also, if you're on our email list, then look in your emails the next couple of days. We're going to be sending you emails where you can directly go and purchase it, but you can also find it and join by going on our website as well.
1: Okay. Very good. Thank mm-hmm. you. And now you've been to India a couple of times. You've adopted children from India. I so how do you think India. that this name is
2: pronounced right here? I would guess Siren.
1: Sirin. Well, let's find out. We're going to go to an in, a caller from India. Hi, is it Sirin? Is, are we pronouncing your name correctly?
7: Uh, it's Cyril with an L.
1: With
2: an L. Siril. Siril. Okay, yeah.
1: good. How may, how may we help you?
7: Uh like I mentioned in the question, so I've been, like, a, a subscriber to your newsletter, uh, so I get emails, and I watch a lot of your YouTube videos, and especially the video on limerence, um, mm-hmm. so that was like an eye-opener of sorts, and um, so I've am in an affair for the last four years, so my wife got me uh, last year, and she uh, filed for divorce, and I somehow managed to convince her through church group and friends to take it back. I have a five-year-old son as well. But mm-hmm. that being said, I am still unable to get out of the affair. Uh, because mm-hmm. I have this insanely strong bond with her. Uh, well, At this point, it's almost impossible to imagine cutting off. It's just, I, I mean, I tried, but she lives in the same apartment. And she used to work with me. And now I've told her to, like, sort of connect, uh, disconnect from the work end. But I'm still in touch with her over the phone call. And, uh, you know, and she's still, uh, uh, you know, like, I I don't know if my wife probably may watch the show, so I'll have to, (laughs) you know, be a little discreet. But, yeah, so that's about it. So So you're still...
2: You're still yes, seeing her. Still so you're still in the same apartment with her. You still work with her, but do you are you, are you still seeing her?
7: No. Uh, I don't work with her, but yes, yes, I am seeing her, yeah.
2: You are still seeing like, her. But
7: it's like once in maybe a month or so, like.
2: Okay. So a month ago was about the last time you saw her?
7: Yes, absolutely.
2: So are you – what is the question that you have?
7: Uh, like I got an update uh, saying that this uh, the the show is about uh, the today's topic was how to end an affair. So
3: mm-hmm. I tried
7: multiple ways uh, to end and get it off my head, but uh, it's just not happening. On the other end, I'm actually trying to talk. To my wife, uh, and I'm like subconsciously trying to tell her that uh, you know that our marriage was not meant to be. We got married very early, uh, like she was only 19, and it was a very hasty decision. So I find myself telling her again and again that you know maybe we're just not meant to be, and you know like we don't connect mm-hmm. on an emotional level or on an intellectual level, or we we are not that compatible, uh, and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. So I find myself repeatedly telling her this. And so I'm in the, at a point where I'm unable to function. So I'm completely lost, uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, just general functioning in life, like work and finances. And because my mind is like 100% occupied as to what am I going to do and what do I choose. So that has been mm-hmm. changing me like, like, through and through. Yeah. Mm
3: hmm.
2: So are you trying to figure out if you want to make your marriage work or do you know that you want to make your marriage work?
7: I, When I told her to take the divorce back, when she left me, I was really convinced that I had to make the marriage work. I had to go back. But that was, again, I was responding to the fact that uh, she actually left me. But mm-hmm. once we got back on talking terms, uh, you know, again I've I've gone back to the same uh, doubt. But I've watched mm-hmm. a lot of your videos, uh, you know, on lumines and uh, you know the other things where it says that you know what you have for a affair partner is not uh, actually real. So those uh, material actually causes me to think, you know, that maybe I should, uh, you know, like take it uh, in consideration and not really think about uh, a life at the a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Are you seeing your son right now?
7: Yeah, now my wife and I are on very good terms. So she doesn't live with me, but we meet uh, every once in two days. I've been trying to, you know, take her out on dates and, you know, like spend a lot of time together. Uh, but it's just not coming back. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I'm unable okay. to build any sort of connection. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 sometimes I feel that I'm not able to build a connection because I've not completely let go of this girl, you know, emotionally uh, in mm-hmm. my head. Right. But it's, it's like she's doing her best. She's trying to like, you know, like uh, do a makeover and she's trying to like her best to change things her looks or whatever. And she, she she's doing her best in like it's like trying like the marriage work. And I'm just like playing along. But um, I don't I am I'm, I'm even taking a plunge. Yeah, like the whole thing. Yeah. So real quick,
1: Mm -hmm. I have I have a great hearing problem, and so she knows that uh, my earphones aren't picking you up very well. And Kimberly picked up on that, so she's going to explain a couple of things to me because my hearing aids, I mean, my hearing pads here aren't working well. The quick summary. Mm -hmm. So
2: the quick summary is, um, and you've probably heard some most of this, but Cyril has been in an affair. His wife last year filed for divorce, left him. The five, and they have a five-year-old son. Mm -hmm. Um, But after she left, he they he got very confused. is this really what i want what do i need to do Mm -hmm. they were not on good speaking terms he and his wife now they are on better speaking terms and he said when they started talking again then he began began doubting again is this really what i want Mm -hmm. is this what i need to do but the affair is not over yet either but the last time he saw her was a month ago so he's asking he's kind of at this place where which you're very i mean we're very familiar with this Mm -hmm. of I don't know that I want to save my marriage, but I also am not sure I need to continue this affair. It's causing him great pain, guilt. Mm -hmm. He said it's affecting his finances, his life, his work, all of it. So right now he's weighing these two things against each other, Mm -hmm. which we know is not the right thing, (laughs) not the way to look at it. Let's put it that way, Mm -hmm. not the best way to look at it. Because
1: it it becomes impossible. Right. uh, My friend, I have been where you are. Now, it was many years ago, but I've been there, and and we've talked about it sometimes in the program. in are various videos where I was married to Alice, my wife, and there was another woman that I had fallen, uh, quote, madly in love with, end quote. And so I've been exactly where you are and understand this. There's a couple of things I recommend to you. If you go to our YouTube channel, if you go to youtube.com slash marriagehelper, then we have tons of videos over there. Look for the one that I did called Choosing Between a Lover and a Spouse. Now, that might not be the exact title, but that's pretty close. And if you go there and look for that, Choosing Between a Lover and a Spouse, I think it's about 15, maybe even 20 minutes long, where I give you several things to think about. And then I even get a part Two, that's also about 15 minutes long for those that have more questions after the first one. Now, I'm not saying that those videos are going to give you all your answers, but they'll give you the things to really seriously consider.
3: Mm-hmm. And and
1: while you're there, if you'll subscribe, you, you know, youtube.com marriage helper all along the word. If you're subscribed, then you'll know all about all of our videos there, and we have a lot of them. Now, if you're going to try to save the marriage and I know that you're not going to like hearing this, but we always tell people the truth. If you're, going to, if you're going to try to save your marriage, you can't continue to be involved in the affair at the same time because these are two different issues and they'll always battle each other. And so if you say, okay, I'm going to make a decision to end, like where I started the program today saying these are three things you do if you're going to end it. Okay. Then you end it. Even if, if you're not even if you're still confused about it, you end it. And that gives you the ability to work correctly with your wife to do the things you need to do there. Now, The most effective thing we have to help you with that, unfortunately, is here in America. Now, if you have lots of money and want to fly over here, we'd love to have you in a three-day workshop. People come here from all over the world to do that. Beijing, uh, Singapore, Australia, England, Paris. I mean, they come from everywhere. And if you can afford to get here, we'd love to have you in that three-day workshop. If you cannot afford to get here because you're coming from India, we have coaches available who are very good that can work with you by phone or FaceTime or Skype that can help you try to work these things out with your bride, with your wife. And if you're going to do that, again, remember, first of all, go watch those videos so you can make a decision. And then if you do make a decision, you're going to try to make the marriage work. You're going to have to stop the affair. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, what if the marriage doesn't work? That's not the thing to think about right now. That's something to think about later, or else you're still going to have the confusion. Because as long as you're trying to do both things, you're going to stay confused. One thing at a time is what it's going to take so that you get past the confusion. You sound to me like a good man. And the reason I think you're a good man is because this is bothering you. If you weren't a good man, it wouldn't. Hmm. So what am I not? uh, What did you hear that I'm not addressing, or what else do we need to say?
2: No, that's. I mean that that is it with the. I would encourage you, Cyril, that you would focus on. I know you said we're on. You and your wife are on good speaking terms right now, and you're getting along. But you still have doubts. But I would really encourage you. To focus more I, I on
7: those videos, be, uh, the possibility uh, the, could those videos for are really your marriage like, to be, like, right? I and mean, even if it uh, wasn't
2: great to begin with, you know, you said that you've been putting doubts in her mind. You got married young. Maybe you didn't know what you were doing. Maybe you're not meant for each other. Okay. But you could be. You could make it into what you want to be. You already right. have a son together. That's right. And even for him.
1: Absolutely. For his sake, a five-year-old, mm-hmm. my guess is you love your son because it sounds to me like you're a good man.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And the
1: best thing you can possibly do for that boy mm-hmm. is to figure out how to make this marriage work so you can be in his life every day, mm-hmm. which if you guys wind up divorced. I don't know how things are in India, but uh, I mean, you've been there a couple of times. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how things are in India, but if, if you are being able to be there for that boy every day, like a true father, because mm-hmm. you've been the husband of his of his mother, You can be a lot more effective than if you're going to be living apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And I have learned how to love children from India by loving your children, who are two of the most awesome
3: kids (laughs) on
1: planet Earth that you adopted from Mm -hmm. over there. And they're here and they're just, they're beautiful inside and out. And I imagine your son is as well. Mm -hmm. Our hearts are with you. Please contact us. Now, I don't know if our toll-free number works from there. It works. We don't I don't know what countries it does work from and doesn't work from. Mm-hmm. But you can try a toll free number eight oh six nine zero three zero nine nine zero. That's eight six six nine zero three. And our area code is one in America. So one eight six six I mean our country code one eight six six nine zero three zero nine nine zero. If for some reason that does not work from India, I know you can get to us through the website.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We care. Mm-hmm. We truly want to help you we genuinely do, and we'll do whatever we can to help, okay? Kimberly, what else do we need to talk about before we end the program today?
2: Remember to please go and take that survey. We want to know what you have, your thoughts, your encouragement, your um, ways to maybe do things a little bit better that we do at Marriage Helper. We would love to hear your feedback on the content that we have through our live show, our videos, and all of those things that we offer, so please be sure to go and take that survey. We would love, 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 love to hear from you guys.
1: Okay, And we, uh, and again, to our veterans, happy Veterans Day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. And we plan to see you guys next Monday. Thank you.